0: Everybody likes guns. They just don't know it.
1: Deep inside of soul, there's a cowboy to get out. Welcome to New Shooter Canada. Please remember that the show's content and word pronunciation is simply the opinion of the host and their guest. Hello, and welcome to New Shooter Canada, episode 213. And I'm your host today, Amanda. And with me, I have Mike. Hello, Thomas. Hello, and Josh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello,
2: hello. I feel like Josh is trying to find someone. Hello, are you there? <laughs> is
3: hello. anybody listening? Does anybody listen to this show? <laughs> Apparently, Danny does. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Yep. So, how about we kick things off with what we did in Guns.
0: I haven't done anything with guns. Um, I'm still waiting for to get my vaccine before I go out because I'm in the extreme high risk group. We finally got an appointment April 17th for the first shot. And then it said it's effective for uh, two weeks later. So I'm clear to go back to work as of May 1st. So I'm really happy. So I contacted uh, Garrett and we're going to work on the schedule and get me back into work probably after the first week in May. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. But I haven't been it at all. But uh, with turkey season coming up, um, lots of sales. We have a, we had a weekend sale. Um, everybody's got sales right out, so now's a good time if you want to go and get turkey loads and decoys and stuff. Now is the time. A um, couple new guns are out. Uh, they introduced the Chris Vector 22. So if you have like twenty five hundred dollars to spend on a rimfire that looks cool, the Star Wars, it's great. But I can't see it any practical purposes, but it's a cool looking gun, but they're 25, aren't they? But they're just doing pre-sale pre-orders right now. So you have to, most of the stores have one example and then you have to go into a pre-sale on them. So, and the other thing I noticed is that Blackhawks are back up in Canada. They've been gone for a long time. We haven't seen any single actions at the store for six, seven months. So the guns are slowly starting to come back, which is good to see. And something surprise me i'm gonna have an uncle randy moment here buck has introduced yet another 110 folding hunter pocket knife i know i know um but what they did on this one it's actually did one that broke tradition by using screwed construction and aluminum frames so you can actually take the knife apart and maintain the knife the biggest problem with any the bucks is that it's pin construction so When you get it, it's nice and tight. The lock's tight, but you get a little bit of wiggle side to side on the blade. And over time, because you've got brass resting on steel, the brass loosens up, and you get excessive blade play. Um, The only way to tighten it up is either send it back back to Buck, or you can put it in the vise and close it up. So it's the the big contention with knife owners over the years is that you can't maintain the stupid knives. So they come out, as I said, with a aluminum frame fully screwed construction you take the whole thing apart has marble carbon fiber scales um a thumb stud so it's a one hand open knife from a buck which is it's i've never seen them put a thumb stud from the factory on these things and it has s45 steel s or s45 n steel so i'd love to get my hands on one of these but like a lot of stupid things they made it a limited production 2021 only so if you want a takedown 110 that's a huge massive knife Good luck getting one. I would, at first day I went on them. They had them in stock. The next day they were sold out. So if you're in the buck 110s, if they came out with the 112, the smaller version, I would think, because well, I like the smaller version, but uh, that's about it for guns and knives this week. I've just been sitting home. Uh, dog was sick, so I ended up taking the dog to the vet. That was a $500 bill. And then Terry up and ended up in the hospital, and that was a two-day excursion. And then she's got to go back again in the hospital. So I haven't had any time for a range or fun, fun stuff the last couple of weeks, but Hopefully, I'll be getting back to work soon uh, what about you Josh you got a lot of stuff in there
2: well, I had a question okay. for, for,
0: sure um the
2: Chris vectors are they still modular where you can like take the top half apart from the bottom half
0: I believe so I Could I don't you buy I, I don't I don't have the rim fire in my hands I haven't actually handled it okay so I can't don't give they you...
3: have a don't they have a really strange bolt too that actually like goes down on a 90 degree angle Something that's why
0: it's that's why it's the term Vector, because the angle of it. It's a really unique takedown. I've never taken... We've got a, a Chris Vector at work, and Austin's always... He loves that thing, so he's taken it apart a few times and Show Me, and it's pretty modular. It's, and we've, we've put whew, tens of thousands of rounds to the rental gun, and it's never, ever jammed or failed. They're, like, they're nice guns, they run forever, but they're not in money.
2: Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I, I just thought if you could buy uh, the twenty two attached, like just the almost like an AR where you just buy like the top half and you could use that and add that to your already one existing one, then it would make a little bit more practical sense.
0: Yeah. If you could buy a dedicated upper with a rimfire bolt, that would be great. Yeah. I'm just glad that they didn't make the the prohibited list. So, Yeah. Well, yeah. Not yet. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all just assumed it was going to be the ARs. They didn't, we didn't think they'd go after everything. So
1: Yeah. Only time will tell, right?
0: Yeah, I had another question. Who's Uncle Randy? Oh, for any of you that watch the nice Review, there's a, a reviewer in Australia uh, named Pete. And he has a Cedric and Ada review channel. And he does this thing where he teases anybody that likes the Buck 110s because they're, they're old timers. So I'm considered an old timer to him because I like the Buck 110 and the 112. So they call us Uncle Randy's.
2: Okay. okay, Thomas, um, you're ex- considered oh. an
0: old timer to Jesus.
1: <laughs> oh. Mike is feisty tonight.
3: You know, if I, don't I, be a I, jerkwad, Mike.
0: <laughs> usually, it's George that does the age comments, uh-huh. and I can call him Grandpa. And so, but I can't call you Grandpa yet. No, hopefully, uh-huh. no time soon. Well, no. When I, when I was a kid, when I grew up, you know, hunting, um, all my dad's friends uncles everybody had a buck 110 everybody that was the knife to get so first knife i got was a buck 110 and you know even though they're they're old they're antuated they're tanks uh the 112 is actually quite nice it's quite manageable their only downsized the blade steel it's the 420 hc it's still a crap steel no matter how good buck does the, the heat treat it's still a, a really budget budget steel but you know it's a great design the advantage is they have a fantastic warranty. If you ever have an issue with the Buck knife, they take care of you. Um, right now, I've got issues with Real Steel and with QSP. I would never buy any of those Chinese makers because they don't support the product. I've had Bucks where I've sent it in; they send me a brand new knife, and I get perks with it as well too. And they are fantastic to deal with. So if I do have an issue, I know it can be taken care of. So, you know, depending on the company, I because the, my latest experiences, I'm trying to buy more american-made stuff i'm trying to avoid stuff made in in china if i can depending if it's a um uh, an example would be ferrum forge it's an american company we knives make Mm
4: -hmm. the knives
0: for them but it's still an american company so if you need parts replacement stuff you can get them from them but real steel or companies like that i'm still waiting for a pocket clip from china that they ordered last september and i still haven't got it yet so and now they don't even answer my emails so with Buck, you get great response, great customer service, so it's it's worth ordering for an American company or Canadian. There are a few uh, Grimsmo; they make nice knives. They start about a thousand dollars, I think they're near available. But there's three or four really good Canadian knife makers too.
3: Speaking of uh, clips, I see you got good service from Lynch.
0: Yes. Oh man, Terry and I went to. Um, I we were, but her disabled parking permit had slid forward, so I slid forward on my on the seat to grab it, and my lint pocket clip caught on my seatbelt, and I bent it on a forty five degree angle. And you know, once you bend titanium, it's you, you lose the string. Everybody g- gave me things to put it back and stuff, you know, all these suggestions, and I never realized that they were under warranty. So I actually emailed Casey, and I said, you know, um, I'll pay the shipping if you replace it. He goes, no, 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 it's all under warranty. Don't worry about it. Just Give me you your address and stuff. And I, I said, well, how about I order something to cover the cost? He said, so I gave me order number, and he threw in the new clip with my order number, and he's not charging me shipping. So it's free free clip and free shipping to Canada. So I, I, I wasn't – the problem is the clips are $20 U.S., but the shipping is $15 U.S. <laughs> so when I ordered them, I ordered two. So at least to cover the cost. So I did the same thing. So it's, you know, I ordered a a key fob and a couple more clips. Plus, he's going to throw in the replacement clip for me. So it was fantastic. That's cool. And it's funny because when I got the the first, when I got the clips, I had a nice little thank you box. He goes, well, I don't get any orders from Ontario. Thank you very much. And he signed it. So I kept that. I still have a little card that he put in it when he first got it. So, you know, if you find something that gives you good service, stick with them.
3: Yeah, for sure.
1: One hundred percent. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, you do have quite a bit to say here, so why don't you tell us what you did in guns?
3: Well, I guess we'll start with my rant. Um, It's been about a month or so, and I still don't have my Wrangler. I don't understand why transfers have to be so hard. Why is it that every firearms-related government interaction is unbelievably painful? I just don't get it. I know everyone listening already knows all this, but seriously, it's like the government doesn't care about us, and is trying to make our lives miserable.
0: Well, they do. They do. You know, you know what happens? People go on vacation and they don't cover the shifts. Like you try getting a firearm
3: uh, at peak vacation time, you're not
0: going to get it. Everything slows down for a month or whatever. Well,
3: and I know on the recording, when you call into the RCMP, they say um, due to the COVID-19 restrictions or whatever, they however they word it, they're saying there's now a four-month delay on new, uh, new licenses. And it's just like, that's just ridiculous. I don't understand this.
4: Mm-hmm. But
3: I don't know. It's... Uh, I requested that my transfer be emailed to me, and the seller did as well. And he got his after about two weeks, which is, you know, it's longer than it should be, but that's not terrible. And now I'm waiting an additional two weeks, and I still haven't got it. And I've called the RCMP twice, and they verified that everything was fine. But they said they can't help me as, a, as the actual uh, ATT and everything is a CFO issue. Um, so when the first lady told me she'd patch me through, and she's, But she actually said, be aware, they're very hard to get a hold of and you can't leave a message. <laughs> so, I mean, that really set me up for a, a good experience there. And I've, tr- I've tried half a dozen times to call and they never pick up. It just, it just rings, and then they have a recording saying that the line is not uh, able to take messages. And, you know, you have to call the RCMP for number first every time and listen to all their ridiculous recordings before you can even enter the extension. And I'm doing all this while I'm at work, and I just want to slam my head on the desk. It's, it, I've, I've emailed twice, and those have been ignored as well. I mean, it's it's 2021. Why can't we just fill something out online? We're already licensed. Like, what's the what's the point? You know, they just need to know that I have this. They've approved it, and uh, I don't know. I just keep checking the mail every day, hoping it comes in. But it's just I, I don't understand why it has to take so long. It's, it, it doesn't make sense because you don't need you don't need a parking tag for your plate right
0: now because they're not charging anybody for for their tags. You know, so they're free. So they're, they're, all that's freed up because they're not doing any of that. They reduce it's just they're just transferring paper. It's just one computer to the next computer. Like how much yeah. time does it take to process something?
3: Exactly. So, like, they even really, like, why do they, what do they even have to check? I mean, we're already licensed. Just everything's valid. Just push it through. I don't then, see,
0: I don't see why the, the, so the retailer cannot do the transfer. Like, originally, when, when the well, this, long gun registry, you could promise. do, well, no, you could, you, you could go in, like, when somebody, when I had the long gun registry, you could go in, I could transfer the gun to you. It'd take about an hour. You'd have to wait in the store, but then I can give you the, the transfer, and you could take it home with 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 your thing for the non for, for the non restricted. So why can't that apply to restricted? Why can't they yeah. just transfer it online, have it done, and you can take it home right away? It doesn't make sense. No, nope, not at all.
1: Mike, you have something to say there?
0: Oh yeah, I was just trying to say that's
2: crazy that it's taking you so long because I got my transfer in two weeks, just like a, a month ago.
3: Well, and I think I would have had it had the email come through. Yeah. It was because the seller got it after about two weeks, and and when I called the RCMP, they they verified that my email address was correct, and they verified that I requested an email, but that's all they could do for me. And hmm. if I wanted anything else, I had to go through the CFO, and they're just impossible to call. So
2: I'm gonna ask the dumb question: You did check your junk mail, right?
3: Yes. <laughs>
2: no, I, it, I, definitely, I definitely did that. <laughs> you you got to ask, right? Because that's one of those silly things that you're going to be like, ah, oh,
3: shit, why did I do that? Can you imagine if I hadn't and I checked it right now? You'd be my hero, Mike. <laughs> well, even, even more so than usual. But. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. I'm flattered.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I must say that normally when I have to I talk to the, the CF tarot, I've never had an issue dealing with them. They're usually pretty accommodating on the phone.
3: But, it's just but have you ever, have, the how phone. long did it take you to get yeah. on the phone?
0: <laughs> well, I did have I an issue with answer. them once. They turned down my ATT to go to the charity shoot about five or six years ago.
4: Really?
0: Yeah.
3: yeah
0: you didn't hear about that? No. Well, I sort of had this thing going with Trevor and that uh, I bet him that I would change the name of the charity shoot to at back then the the chief arms officer was Chris Wyatt so i changed the name of the charity shoot to the chris wyatt can like my sweaty man sack invitational mm-hmm. for the ATT
4: <laughs> oh, no.
0: and yeah i uh, barney was the cfo officer that actually answered me and his response said they were denying and this is this is hilarious they they denied my ATT and if i wanted the ATT they could take me to court, and he suggested the Berry Court because they had the best soup. <laughs> oh, no. So he had a sense of humor, at least.
1: Yes. Wow. Oh, my goodness.
0: So then I contacted Brian Lilly and my MPP and all these other people, and the next day I got my ATT.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, Thomas. What are we going to do with you?
0: Well, I knew Wyatt's ex-wife. Yeah. And and he, he, this, this man's a piece of work. Yeah. So he's, he he did nothing but insult ours. He said, we, yeah. things were too complicated for us to understand. He was very demeaning and, and he talked down to us all the time.
4: Yeah.
0: And I think we, the new CFO is actually, I've never had an issue with the new CFO. He, they seem to be pretty decent. So I don't even know who it is now.
1: Uh, neither do I.
0: I don't, you give me
3: headaches.
1: <laughs> yeah. <All right.
3: laughs> so what else, Josh. Uh, well, I, I do have some good news. Even okay. though we're on lockdown, our, our range actually stayed open this time. So That's good. I'm pretty good. happy about that. We're limited to five people on the on the property, but outdoor range is open. Archery range is open. So it's at least one little silver lining. We can still get out and do something. So this afternoon, Amanda and I got out to do some uh, patterning of uh, my turkey loads. I'm going to use my Remington 1100. It's a two and three quarter full choke. I bought some number six shot. I realize now, after listening to last week's episode, what Thomas was talking about on the turkey episode uh, about how the the hunting loads kick a lot more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, don't they know, do. I don't know why anybody would want to use a three and a half inch turkey load. I just uh, I'm glad I had better judgment and, and uh, used my 1100 rather than my Cooey, because that definitely would have hurt a lot more, I bet. But yeah, oh, those, those were high brush you were shooting. They were, yeah, yeah. At 20 yards, you, you
0: had uh, a kill pattern. You had like yeah. seven or eight pellets in the neck at twenty yards.
3: I was going to ask you how many how many you're looking for. So seven or eight, like I, I heard, like ten is good, something you know, like that. Yeah, but, yeah, I counted seven. Yeah, I did count. So them. no, that's <laughs> but, fine. I, but, but you can see how much it opened up at thirty? At thirty, you had one or two. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I could do thirty yards. I'm I'm no. pretty confident at twenty, but is not going to work for me.
0: It does so. open up too much. You, the only thing could if you change the the load like there are um that was only two and three quarter inch you can get some turkey loads that are even heavier and they have a different wadding so your pellets fly a little bit differently okay but you have to really test them I'm not, it might give you probably give you a little bit of a denser pattern but mm-hmm. to actually pattern it you don't know because a lot of the stuff is hype too from these manufacturers you have to actually take the gun out and see how it does in your gun
3: well typically i mean anytime you've gone turkey hunting what's your What's your typical distance that you've been getting them at? I
0: haven't gone over forty yards. Yeah, because after that, my pattern just starts to open right up. That seems really far. <laughs> well, I'm using an extra full turkey choke. Yeah.
4: Hmm. So it's it, are you?
0: At, but at forty yards, it is opening up. Like thirty is probably better for it, but I would do it up to up to uh, forty or fifty, depending.
2: Are you concerned that at a closer range that you might completely miss the head because the pattern too tight?
0: No, no. Because I know that where that pattern well, when I set it, I knew, knew where that pattern was at 15 yards. Okay. So I knew that if I if I kept it, it's just my height I had to worry about. As long as I kept it under a certain elevation, then I just worked on my left to right.
1: Okay. Now, when you're patterning, uh, are you standing up and patterning? Or are you sitting?
0: I never sta- sit down to shoot a shotgun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always, I do have a rest, but I'm standing and I'm leaning into it. So it's supported on the rest, but I'm still putting my weight forward so okay. I can so I can move back with the recoil. Um, I find sitting down, benching high-powered firearms can be very brutal. I, I, I have well, to move.
3: We were having that discussion today. It's like, okay, well, I, I patterned it standing up, but then I was like, well, I'm probably going to be sitting down behind when I'm actually hunting, so maybe I should try it sitting because that's probably how I'll be doing it and I didn't like that you're right <laughs> that was not fun <laughs> you, you take it all and also the other thing you have to consider too is
0: that you're the way you, you rest your cheek and everything changes a little bit when you're sitting you might not have the same cheek weld you might not have the same sight holds so you have to really practice in using the same hold because I found when I started shooting prone everything changed my setup the rifle that I had for standing up did not work very well laying down so
3: yeah, it definitely knocked me back. I was not ready for that. I wasn't braced really in any way. So, and that's only two and three quarters. Right, right. And I'm pretty big. I'm heavy, <laughs> and it still pushed me back.
0: <laughs> sturdy,
3: well, sturdy is the word you want to use. Yeah, right, right.
0: My, my friend Peter wanted to get a nice shotgun, so I said, you know what? This is before I worked at East Hill. I said Williams Arms has a really good deal on a couple of used brettas So he, he and he wanted the biggest. He wanted three and a half inch. And uh, he didn't dick around the price, so my friend Gary threw in a, a box of turkey loads, three and a half inch turkey loads for this thing. So you know, I Peter didn't belong to a club, so I took him up to my range, and we can shoot we can shoot birdshot out outside. And uh, I let him shoot it first, and I'm like, holy crap! So I only fired one shot, and it wasn't the recoil that got to me; it was a whiplash from my cheek flying off the stock because he, <laughs> he had he had, had to kick off, so it's got a shock absorber in the stock as it is. Yeah. Plus, it's gas operated, and it was still enough where it just nailed my cheek, and it literally like, like whiplash. I, I unloaded it, took the second shot off. I said,
3: I don't want this.
1: No, <laughs> well, I don't blame you. Well,
3: how did how did you feel, Amanda? I set her up with uh, two two target loads, and then another our neighbor came as well, and he had uh, he had some number four shot. I don't know how much how fast it was or anything, but it wasn't high brass. And then I gave her some of these hunting loads, and she went in a progression.
1: I did go in a progression, and it was, uh, I was like the two, the first uh, obvious, uh, the target load, I was like, oh, okay, because I'm not used to shooting a shotgun. So I I was bracing myself, I think, a little too tightly. Uh, Not, like, it's good to have a good form and position, but I think I locked myself in too tight. So I was like, oh, well, that one kind of hurt. But the second one, it was fine, or the third one was fine, and then I did the, the turkey load, and I was like, "Oh my god, that <laughs> hurt!" You <laughs> that know, the hurt. problem people is too. Pretty bad.
0: People take other people out shooting that have never shot before, and they give them something like that to shoot, and of course they never want to shoot again after that.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, and I didn't. I wasn't a jerk. I didn't like mix them up and load them into the shotgun. I made sure she knew what she was getting. Oh boy, yeah. Started low and.
1: <laughs> yeah, and worked my way through and. <laughs> yeah. You now we were having that discussion about when I do get my own shotgun what because like, I was considering the 20 gauge again well there was somebody if
3: like, there was someone else at the range that was trying to tell her to get a 20 gauge instead so
1: yeah but really and truly um, for the most part I'm probably gonna be using it for clays so um the maybe once in a blue moon that I might have the <laughs> opportunity where I go hunting um, I'm gonna be shooting one shot is it really worth? Like I can handle the the 12 gauge, so
0: I go for the 12 gauge because that's I, I, that's gonna give you the payload up there for skate shooting. And if you want to do something smaller for bird hunting, you, it's already yeah. there.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so
2: it's way more cost effective to buy target load of 12 gauge than it is 20.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's for
3: true. Sure. It's hard. You can't find them, but it's hard to find. Yeah.
1: Well what did you think of that uh, turkey episode though Josh?
3: Well, I thought that was great. gave me a lot to think about. I was sorry that I missed it, yeah, because obviously we're getting geared up for that too. Um, I had a, a question for you though um, might be a ignorant question, but I mean whenever I see turkeys, I'm out driving. I always see them out in open fields, but then you know you' do you want to set up just inside the bush or do you want to set up on the edge of a field or where should you what how do you pick the best spot to to wait for your turkey?
0: it's important that you have a setup where you've got something on your back just because most hunters are ethical, but you do get poachers and people that don't know how to turkey hunt. So because you are in camouflage and you're mimicking a bird that people are trying to kill and you're could be, you could be between that bird and that shooter and they're not going to see you since you're in full camel. So you really, the important thing is to have something behind you. So if you you were on the edge
3: of a, if you're on the edge of a field and a bush you know, you'd want to be inside the bush a little bit because someone might be shooting from behind you and you yeah. you, know. you want to cut co- the the heaviest cover you can
0: possibly get is, is a good idea just to just to cover it doesn't have to be big just you know three four feet just something to back you so if there's a big tree back there just something where you really want to just cover your back basically
2: yeah now is this as important because I believe you're hunting
3: on a friend's farm right Josh yeah Jeff Jeff said I could go to his farm so yeah he sent me a a little GPS pin drop of where he thinks I should set up because he's been seeing some turkeys and it's right. He dropped it right on the, on the field, but I mean, there is a bush right next to it. So I'm just trying to
4: wonder
3: how, how deep into the bush I should be going. Right. Do you know that you're going to be the only hunter out there? I will be. Well, I mean, unless, unless there's somebody who shouldn't be there. Um, Yeah. Unless someone trespassing. Yeah. There's, there's three of us that are, that have access, but we're all going to coordinate when we go. So
0: how big is Jeff's farm?
3: Oh, gosh, I don't know. He's got hundreds of acres. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, You should be, I would like set me in the tree line. So that way you blend in the background. You don't want to be out, stuck
3: out. Yeah. It's yeah. good to have something. You no, blend right. So yeah, you want to blend in, but yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if that would change what the recommendation of where you sit was.
3: Is it different the time of day too? Do they like to be out in the open in the afternoon and... Like, I mean, they're going to be roosting in the trees at night, right?
0: So. It depends on the flock. They'll come down in the morning. They'll start feeding. They, they have regular routines. That's why you, you want to get out there and track them just see where they're going. They'll go, uh, if there's any sand, they'll have sand baths. They'll go scrap through there. They'll leave scrapes it all through there. They'll, they'll, they'll go, if there's a water source, they'll always have a, a straight access to a water source. And if there's farms, to see where they're going. there could be certain fields that they're visiting every day. I don't know what he's got in the fields.
3: Well, he, yeah, he's been seeing them the last few evenings. He's been seeing them in this spot, so that's why he marked it for me. But,
0: Did no plant it planted in the field last year?
3: Uh, I thought it was soybeans, but I could be wrong.
0: I'm not sure if they eat soybeans.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Maybe they're just passing through. I don't know.
4: <laughs>
0: I've seen some big birds up here, though. Big, big toms. Yeah. yeah we'll amazing. see once the contest. We'll be curious to see how big the birds are this year at the contest.
3: Yeah. And I guess the only other question I had was, is it worth spending the money for decoys? Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. It is worth the money. Oh,
3: I'm hoping you'd say no. Any, <laughs> I kind
0: of was
4: too. Any,
1: well, any like, like, because you know, when we were shopping the other day, it was variance in price for sure. So, like, yeah, with, there's
3: some super realistic ones, and there's some that are kind of just like a plastic bag on a stick.
1: Well, <laughs> almost like a like a foam. But Pu- they're still a foam puppet, yeah. But they're thing. still
3: like 60, 70 bucks. It's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, the prices are ridiculous. Like, they
0: I, actually, it's funny. I just looked at the decoy prices today and I was shocked how much they were. And they're on sale at our place.
1: Oh, wow. So, but you're saying, is it so? Is it worth getting the cheapy one or you're, better off to spend the money on the big one?
0: The 3D sponge ones,
1: okay.
0: They, they fold up. The only thing you, know, you gotta watch is that cats love to tear them apart, so do dogs,
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, Ozzy's destroyed two of my decoys. They landed, they landed in, the, in the hall closet. I didn't get them out of the closet in time, and they're now shredded
3: decoys. Oh, no. Yeah. That's, good.
1: That's an expensive replacement there. You just
3: tape your cat inside, and then it would actually move a little bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: that means
3: you're going to get a coyote as your turkey takes off across the
4: field.
0: <laughs> Coyotes like cats. Yeah,
1: they do. So.
0: I wonder if, Jeff, was it you or Jeff that got the, the cat decoy for hunting?
3: For no, it, that wasn't me. So it
0: must have been Jeff. Yeah, we, we <laughs> had them on for like 10 or 15 bucks, And the local hunters love these these cat decoys. Because what they do, they actually have cats at home. So they'll take a little bit of the litter box with them, a little cat poop, a little DNA <laughs> stuff, and put it, and it's a remote-controlled tail. So it's like a cat sticking its head in the ground, and you can... Just the speed and rotation of the tail oh, and you wow. got to watch it because the coyotes come anywhere out of, out of anywhere super fast and they'll steal your, your coyote your, your decoy gone
1: what? oh man that's crazy
0: yeah but it looks like a cattail i've seen several coyotes walking with cats and their mouse in their mouths in the subdivision
1: yeah well let's moving on then how about you mike what did you do in guns this week
2: not much um, no it, Oh, it's just been a really slow two weeks, and we had Easter in the middle there, so didn't really get a whole lot done. I did look at uh, look over there at JR Carbine. Um, I may potentially use it one day for a PPC division in IDPA, just to try it out. Never done anything like that. It seems like cheating using a rifle in a handgun match, but it's allowed, so I guess I'll give it a try. Um,
4: Why not? Yeah,
2: uh, went over it. Everything looks good on it. Really, it just I just need to slap a red dot on there and zero it. Um, holding on to it made me miss my AR. It made me all nostalgic.
0: Well, At least there's no recoil. Most of the thing, he just <laughs> pull the trigger and just stays on target.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. I've Do seen they... some guys shooting, shooting with their PC, PCCs, and yeah, it's it's insane how fast you can go when the gun
3: oh, doesn't wow. move same thing when at, at the match I went to they're just they were the fastest for sure. Yeah. What what kind of is it a proprietary mag on that one or do they take like Glock mags or Glock. what is that one t- Glock yeah. Glock mag. So do you already do you already have lots of mags or are you going to have to invest in it?
2: Uh oh no this is this is oh man this is Sarah's like second gun, second third gun she ever bought. We've had this for a long time. We have uh I don't know five Glock mags for it.
3: Oh nice. I nice. don't
2: we don't even that's the only thing we have that takes Glock mags so yeah. Are you going to put an optic on it? Well, I'll definitely put a red dot on it for the match. Yeah. Yeah. Got to got to get all those advantages. I mean, if it was threaded, I would put a comp on it or something like that too, but it's not. So. <laughs> but right
3: now it's just iron sights.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to take my, my red dot off my AR because I thought, well, you know, one to the other. But then I was like, well, what am I going to get out and sight this in? And I thought, well, I'll just wait. You never know. Maybe we'll get lucky and I'll get to take my AR out sooner than I think. I'm just being hopeful. I know.
1: Well, no, nothing wrong with being optimistic.
0: Yeah, no,
3: but being realistic, we're never going to see them again.
1: (laughs) I I thought about it
0: too. I was going to take my spark off my AR, and I've got an aftermarket grip that I was going to take off and put the stock one on because if I buy a JR carbine, that grip will fit. Yeah. But I didn't. It's I just picked it up and I funneled it and hugged it and put it back in the safe. Yep,
2: pretty much same here.
0: Yeah. Yep.
2: Outside that, I was contemplating on buying either a GP100 in 10mm, so it, it's in 10 millimeter. it's a six-shot, uses moon clips, because there's no rim on the case. You can buy thicker moon clips, and it will, I think it said it will very reliably shoot 10, 10, 10, what am I thinking, a 40 Smith & Wesson, so I thought this would be a great gun for IDPA, because it is a 4.2-inch barrel, I believe, um, so it's... A, 40 so it's relative i say cheap i
0: mean it's it's available it's available yeah it's available (laughs) it's not
2: some niche cartridge you know what i bet you i probably have a coffee can or three full of 40 brass even though i don't even own a gun in 40 um so i mean i'm halfway there so that's that's one option the other thing i'm debating on would be uh the q5 the steel frame version so i have the plastic one and it's a great gun. I love everything about the way it works, the trigger, everything like that. But after shooting, Sarah's, she has her tricked out M&P Pro. And what I noticed is the magwell, adding a lot of weight down low, really did change the way that the gun recoiled. And it felt really good in my hand. So I kind of was starting to think, well, if I had the steel frame version of the Q5, it would transfer some of that weight lower into the hand. Um so now I'm kind of debating on which one I think I should get. I mean, if I get the, the Q5, I have everything for it, including mags, holsters. I don't have to buy any accessories. If I go with the GP100 10 I'll have to buy some different moon clip holders just because their rules are different than i and Ipsic. And also because it's a six-shot 40 Smith & Wesson. So, yeah, so I'm kind of going back and forth and trying to decide what to get. Either way, it's not going to change what I do in Ipsic or I-Core. But uh, what do you guys think I should do?
0: Would well, do you have dice for the forty or ten? Nope. If you you can use the same die for both.
2: Yeah, no, I don't have. no, because I have no need to reload right, them right now. But I imagine forty I is popular enough. I imagine I could I could pick that up from Cabela's, I'm sure.
0: Oh yeah, we, we always have it in stock because so much law it's it's only law enforcement to buy it.
2: Yeah, well that and but, uh from what I understand, Ipsyx shooters who wanted to shoot major I don't really understand all the rules, I just heard that.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not a popular caliber, but we, we get a big order from the police department all the time. And the guys that use the service guns for compete, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll buy them. But there's When the ammo slows down, there's always 40. Yeah. Um, on your frame for your Q5, yeah. uh, in, the, in, in the, the grip, are there any voids where you can add weight?
2: Hang on 30 seconds. Because
0: I know, for example, the Glocks, you can there's a, a bit of a space between the back of the mag bell and the, the back strap. And you can actually get plugs to put in the back and add some weight to the back of the gun.
2: Uh, no, I'm going to say, no, you, there is no void there. Um, you can take the back strap off, but I have no idea if it's hollow or if it's uh solid under there.
0: It's probably there, pretty tight.
4: Yeah. Uh-huh. If I
2: wanted to just add weight, I can buy, um, who makes it? Either Springer Precision or Terran Tactical. One of is that, right? Terran Tactical. I'm not sure. Anyways, one of those companies down the state that make a lot of base pads. They also do make a magwell for the Q5, or for the yeah, for the Q5. So I thought, well, yeah, that's one option. I could I could get that and I could just use the magwell and just kind of carry on and just shoot shoot an ESP instead of a stock stock service pistol. But then I kind of thought, well, if I get the, the steel version of it it'll be the weight will already be transferred and if i want i could always add a magwell on top of that so i'd have even more weight down there
0: yeah
3: so what what in your mind would be the benefit to having another revolver in a different caliber like are Uh, you looking for a higher power factor or what are you trying to achieve by a different caliber
4: okay
2: so in idpa the ruling for revolvers is there's it originally was two different divisions and they kind of joined them into one and they used to call them stock service revolver and stock, or no, enhanced service revolver. In stock service revolver, you have to use a speed loader. It has to be a rim cartridge like the, like 38, 357. Um, they have to be the, uh, what do you call it? The, the length the length of the case is like what you get. You can't do cut down cases. You can't cut your cases and have to make quicker reloads for, you know, quicker ejections. Um, yeah, those are kind of it. And then there's some other weight stuff and some other accessories that there's not enough accessories for a revolver really to get into that. But there's also the enhanced. So the enhanced says you're allowed to use moon clips. And another one of the rules is that if you shoot 10 millimeter, you're allowed to shoot 40 out of the same gun because they are considered the same caliber or transferable calibers. So essentially I'll be able to use a revolver that's meant to be for a long case, but used it with a short case, so it'll have quick ejection. It'll be a moon clip, and it just means that I'll have to go with a little bit higher power factor.
0: Hmm. I never thought about it. yeah, it sets a lot shorter case. Yeah. Compared to your thirty eight and three fifty sevens.
3: Yep. And so you'd be able- quicker quicker reloads then is yeah
0: and because, well, quicker loading and, and ejecting both are gonna be quicker
2: yeah um so yeah so and since revolver all just clumped into one group now it means if i go somewhere you know whether it's friends or i go to a major match where there actually are you know more than one revolver shooter some would say i have the advantage some would say that they have the advantage because they have a lower power factor i remember hearing someone once tell me when I was shooting it in Florida and the guy came up and said, Oh, you're shooting that. And he said, yeah, it makes so much more sense than shooting moon clip. Um, you know, the recoil is just not worth it. And later on, I kind of looked at him where, where he is in the ID case I realized he's a marksman. I kind of thought maybe he doesn't actually know what he's talking about. So, and now that I shoot a moon clip gun, I think it's way faster. I think it's way more reliable. And oh, definitely, although mm-hmm. it's one's a Smith and Wesson and one would be a Ruger. there's a lot more transference of how you do your reload if they're both moon clips versus a speed loader.
1: My gut instinct is to go with the Q5 Uh, because you already have a variety of guns to already play with. So it's not like just getting something new. The Q5 just because I don't know the difference between the two really, other than your descriptions that you were kind of just going through now. But to me if you already have everything that you need for that that it could be a lot more versatile and you don't have to get a whole new setup going um, cost effectiveness on your case and it's not like a well I'm a first time shooter what gun do I get Well he still
0: has right? all the gear for the he still has all the gear for the for the router for the, uh, though cuz he's got the holster for it.
2: Well the holster is about the only thing that transfers over though.
0: Yeah, because I need moon
2: clip holders, the other ones are speed loaders. Yeah. So it's it's a oh, little bit right, different. Yeah. You need the post in the middle, and I and I would need to buy moon clip too, and I need to buy special moon clip that will reliably set off the forty because apparently the ten millimeter ones are a little bit too thin when shooting mm-hmm. forty. Apparently it's not reliable, so I have to buy specific one from a specific company.
1: Yeah, but you did mention that you enjoy shooting the Q5 and you like it, but if so, you're just thinking that the steel version would be a, a, a proper amount of weight added to yeah. it.
2: Yeah, and more compet more competitive. Like More if
1: competitive. If, yes, if I'm
2: trying I'm trying to get like percentages here I'm going like one percent at a time I'm not making a swing for the hills or yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and, I would say go with what you know. Yeah. that's just my opinion.
2: Yeah,
0: well no, you know Sarah is such a fantastic wife I I can see her buying you both.
2: Oh I I could oh. see her buying me both too, and She's then I'd like wake up from She's that like dream. That. Yeah, and then I'd wake up from that that coma that I have apparently been in. <laughs> because I went and asked Sarah to buy me two guns and she hit me so hard with a frying pan so
0: <laughs> or you could buy her the Q5 and you could buy the QGP and oh, I'll shut up now <laughs> that's not a terrible solution
2: but <laughs> I, I don't feel like it. it, 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 it would, it's only slightly better than asking her to buy both of
1: them yeah yeah I agree goodness
3: her yeah. so you could buy a new gun or a new cell phone right Thomas
4: <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> I'm regretting the cell
0: phone. I'm I really there. am. <laughs> oh my goodness. They posted the, they posted the the uh the turkey sale at work. They've got the Brownie Maxis on for like seven hundred bucks off. <sighs>
3: that's a funny noise Thomas made there. I've never heard that one before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I
0: I like the phone. I just
1: well, I, I'm, I'm, uh, tech, I'm tech I'm for- tech
0: challenged, that's all.
1: Of course, of
0: course. I, I've learned a little. I've, I, well, I've, I'm good enough that I have to teach Terry how to use her phone.
1: That's good. <laughs> so. oh, well, Mike, I'm looking forward to hear what you decide on, so keep us posted. Yep.
0: Are we going to open that up
2: to a Facebook po- uh, poll? Yeah, sure. I, I'd love to hear what the listeners think I should do. Should I stay a wheel gun guy or should I venture into the semi-world?
1: So, yeah, Yep. Well, let's put it out there.
0: Yep. and also right now we you can't we you can't find you those guns right now can you
2: no i can't uh the gp the 10 millimeter gp100 was on sale i did find a website but i kept hesitating on whether i could get it or not and it's gone so so both guns are gone so that's why i want to bring up with you and i talked with you thomas about potentially seeing if i could get one in but then the question is like the dollar's constantly changing with the current shortage in the US. I don't know if that's changing our prices coming up here. So I imagine, I wonder if the store doesn't have it in their hand, you know, what's the price going to be and how reliable is that price? Like are they going to tell me one price and then six months when they finally get it, is it going to be another? Well that's
0: that's the problem. If something if the distributor has it in stock, so what normally happens, you go into a retailer, um, See, I would go into Williams Arms, for example, and I, I want. actually I wanted the Ruger many years ago, and Stu got on the phone, spoke to the distributor. There was none in the country. He said he they've got an order coming in, but it'll be six to eight weeks. So normally, a lot of stores won't even do that. They'll wait till it's actually up here before they order it. But right now, there's very little production. So what's coming in is coming in a trickle right now. So it's we'd have to just go to your retailer, get him to contact the distributor, and if they've got one in stock, order it. Because the next time he comes in, it, the prices will be going up.
2: So I assume if the the, if the distributor already had it, then the price is set, right? Yeah. Okay. That, that's what yeah. I would assume. Like, yeah, he could accurately tell me what the price is, whereas, yeah, if he has to order it, you never know what the exchange rate is that day.
4: Yeah. That, well, that's
0: the big difference too with with the the stores that have to order stuff from the U.S. You know, I remember speaking to John Williams once. And when he places his order, uh, the currency could have been at twenty percent, but with the fine time his order comes through, the exchange rate's thirty you percent. Know, so all his stuff goes up. So it varies. Each shipment, you'll you'll notice each time a gun shop gets a gun in. A lot of times it's under twenty. It goes up twenty-five or it goes down twenty-five, but lately it's all going up. Because I think, as I recall, Trump put a steel tariff in last year. So Any made of steel has a small tariff on it now. And there, in the U.S., there's, um, there's an export permit. And all fire, all sporting goods, including firearms, have a, a very hefty uh, tax on them in the U.S.
1: Just peachy keen, isn't it?
4: Yeah. <sighs>
1: well, I've got some guys. Anyway. Josh and I signed up for our first maple seed.
0: That's exciting. exciting!
1: We're pretty excited, yeah. Uh, so we got the tickets, and they sold the same day uh, that I guess they were released. Sold yeah. Out, yeah, yeah, sold out. So uh, it's out in uh, Warrenfield near Strathroy, which is about an hour from us. So that it, we just thought that was perfect. So uh, so that's on June 20th, as long as you know the lockdowns stay away. Now, Josh kind of just wrote me in, but I'm pretty excited about it for a new uh, opportunity to learn and to give it a shot, but I know Josh has always wanted to do this since day one, so we're pretty stoked about it. Um, It's just just a
0: one-day course still? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So um, I ended up discussing uh, with Wanda and Sarah about uh, range wear and stuff like that, and actually Sarah had... uh, Uh, brought up these uh, really great pants they're the 511 range raven capris tights that were my favorite so far but uh, I posted a link there just because I thought they were more my style but I am looking for something that's comfortable but doesn't I don't know
0: you want something that oh, has some stretch to it because once you, you start doing a position, you want to be able. You don't want to be bound. Well, sometimes you do want to be bounded by your clothing, but when you're shooting prone, you want you have to move your legs around. It's you want to be a little bit of room.
1: Is it vain to say that I don't want to give up my feminine allure? Is I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to look frumpy. I just <laughs> I. It's important to me that I don't look frumpy, and I love the idea that these pants have the. Uh, compressed fabric, and that they have the extra uh, carbine weave in there, so it helps with the uh, rubbing. If I wanted to get into holster wearing, like it's meant to have it in the spots that you would normally carry, and it had well, belt loops, so I was well, pretty.
0: I bet you when you get there, the the two Kellys, the Kelly squared, they'll probably be wearing the same thing because they're down on the ground, they're they're demonstrating, that they do have to do the natural point of aim and everything else. So the girls will probably be wearing the same type of pants
1: yeah I just need to get myself out there and try out a few pairs i was I've been nervous because of the price point because you guys know how frugal I can be yeah. but uh five but it time. sounds like Sarah really enjoys her pants like the the pairs that she bought, so
3: it's not like you're wearing it to work every day it's gonna last
1: yeah exactly, yes, they'll definitely last, but it's just. I don't know. It seems like I haven't spent that much money on a pair of pants in probably 15 years. So. How just, much are they? Uh, these particular ones, I'm just clicking on the link right now. Where is it? Goodness gracious. I believe for the actual Capris, they Goodness were 69 dollars US. And the when I looked for the full-length tights, they were like... 89 99 US, but bump it up to my size and bringing them to Canada, it was like $132 Canadian. So,
0: my, you... my advice is don't get the caprice. Go
1: so with the caprice?
0: No, don't get the caprice. Oh,
1: don't get the caprice. No,
0: yeah. no. You're, you're talking about insect season. Your, your ankles and legs will be exposed.
1: Yeah. That's I'm... the only
0: disadvantage of tights is that mosquitoes can bite through tights.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they can.
0: But, uh, but i at least keep your ankles covered.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I guess Sarah was making a point that she bought the Caprice because she's a little shorter than I am. So it worked out well that they almost work out to be a, a full length pant for her. So the other thing fun. I would
0: suggest too is that never, ever spray um, what's that insecticide? Deed? Um, deed. Anything with deed on it, it will melt your pants.
1: No, I use natural stuff. So
0: yeah, just use any type of insect repellent. Stay away from anything with DEET because it melts plastic.
1: Well, good to know. So
0: we don't want to see your pants dissolve at the match if the bugs are biting. Or, or well, maybe you do, but <laughs>
1: that's,
0: <laughs> that's a not. different topic.
1: That's not. So, um, uh, the other thing was that uh, the main reason we weren't on the show last time was because Josh and I made a trip to Cabela's and. You know, guys. To be completely honest, it was my third time going, and I felt underwhelmed. Minimal stock on guns, so that was kind of depressing. I also didn't find anything that I liked for range wear there at all. Um, There was no sales on ammo, and the barking cave was almost empty. I think there was five things, like five items. Hmm. It was ridiculous. Um, I did see a suede back quiver that enticed me, but not enough to really commit to it. So we did end up at sale, which I enjoyed a lot more. Although again, gun and ammo selection were not the greatest there. So it really was petered out. But a part of us kind of wondered if it was because we're more seasoned shooters now and we have a lot of the basics or is this, because things have changed so much in that industry that it should, they're really coming short. Oh, have, have you guys talk. been lately? or
0: Products definitely, we knew this was coming. Yeah. So I expect ammo to start to dry. A lot of Canadian stores were smart. The distributors warned us and we stocked up. So we still have lots of ammo. But getting some of the product in, that's been tough getting guns in from the US. Like, so I said, the Blackhawks are normally Rugers. We always have Rugers. We haven't been able to get a single action for almost a year.
1: Yeah. Well, they ha- usually have six big panels, like I would say eight ten foot panels of guns lined up to go.
3: Yeah, there's lots of empty and racks. there
1: was there's three racks completely empty and maybe half a case of of uh, handguns. It it was nothing. It was it was very pitiful to see.
4: Yeah and they were
1: strict- were gone too.
0: Our restricted room is all shotguns now because all the ARs and all the guns that we had that were restricted are all gone. So we've got all this empty space that we can't put product in.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
3: the the gun library, the used uh, use section was completely closed off.
1: Yeah. Really? Yes. The, yeah, it was ridiculous. And mm-hmm. so I just I wasn't too sure how to <laughs> feel about it, but I will say, the mm-hmm. amount of decoys that <laughs> were sitting there were th- there was way too many. Like, you could tell they were getting ready for the season, and I'm sure they're carrying a lot of overstock for all the online orders. But I'm pretty sure they had at least a third of the store completely covered <laughs> in uh, all the turkey decoys and bird. Like, they had a couple of geese, and yeah, and what was the other one? Um,
0: you know, what, I'm thinking, wouldn't it could be? Because Bass Pro and Cabela's, both are their own distributors. They don't rely on the same sources that the gun stores rely on. They get their stuff from the states. So we will buy, you know, our ammo from North Silva or, or yeah. guns from different distributors. We've got all these sources to, to to steal from up here. They just get their one connection in the states. So if they don't have any, if they don't have anything in the U.S., it's not coming up to Canada. I guess so. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that until a year ago, that Bass Pro, they are their own distributors. They don't deal with any distributors up here. They've got their own licensing and bring everything up through the States. So if they don't have it in the States, it's not coming up here.
1: Yeah, but did you guys ever feel like, when, like I don't know, were you ever excited to go into a place like Cabela's because of uh, selection and just the fact that it's a big place to kind of get all sorts of accessories affiliated with it? Because that's like that was initially what I absolutely loved about going there is that you know you could walk around for a couple hours and just. I think you kind of hit the
3: nail on the head. It's more exciting as a new shooter.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah,
3: Yeah.
0: I I I know I I felt very underwhelmed last time too when we went to Bass Pro because it was just there was nothing there. I'm looking around, thinking, well, okay, I don't like any of this stuff and. Yeah. Even the clothing wasn't very good. No. And if you ever
2: if you venture a lot into the competitive shooting realm you're going to mm-hmm. go there and be like why am i here yeah because i've it's gone kinda, there so i've yeah. even in the states sarah and i we still regularly go to a Cabela's if there's one nearby could, in the states it's a little bit like they're nicer they i know we have one in ottawa and they have like their outdoor scene and it's like okay yeah it's nice there's some stuff there but you go to the, some of the ones in the u.s and it's like a two-story high massive thing like it's it's a bit of a show when you go there, right? So yeah, you know we enjoy that stuff. When we go there, but yeah, our expectations like we don't expect to really buy anything. If we find anything, it's lucky because okay. because yeah, they have nothing that interests me really anymore, right? Because I'm not a big hunter, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I'm into the competitive shooting stuff, and they pretty much deal with you know uh, just hunting.
4: Yeah, yeah
0: that's, that's if you're if you're into shooting sports, not hunting. That's when you want to start looking at stores like, you know, FOC or Select Shooting Supply, something that caters to your discipline, yeah. where a lot of the outdoor store, and my stores, it's in the same boat similarly, but we do have Restricted, and we yeah. do have a range. But we're primarily a hunting store with yeah. Shooting and Restricted as an add-on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the way most operate, right? To find a dedicated, like, even FOC and stuff like that, nothing against them, they, they definitely – have more competitive stuff, but they are not strictly a competitive
0: store. There are not like they used to be when they, when they first opened up, they had everything. And then they've got a controller in there now. Things have gotten streamlined because, you know, Fred had a lot of expenses and the, the range and everything else didn't happen. So you know, he's had to streamline his operation because mm-hmm. last time I spoke to him, even before the range was up, he was in over $3 million. Yeah. So, and, yeah, he's he's got to streamline and keep stuff with, that sells. He can't keep it, that stuff. It, so a lot of competition stuff wasn't selling there.
2: Yeah. And and I understand, right? Like there's not as many people into competition as there are into hunting, right? And I feel like hunting, it's very easy to, you know, start doing a little bit of deer. And, like, you end up being the guy that has five different calls and a couple different decoys and three different key <laughs> stands. And that, like, you have all this stuff. And then you're like, oh, look, turkey sounds like fun because I heard it on a podcast. Now I need to go buy all these decoys and new calls and more camouflage and shotgun. and. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's very, like, there's a lot to it. Whereas in competitive shooting, even if you bounce around in the different games, the most you're going to do is be like, okay, I shoot my semi and ipsec, and then I want to try I-Core, and I need a revolver in that setup. Okay, you buy that setup, and then you're done. Like, there's, what yeah. else are you going to do, right? Unless you go out and buy a new gun, which, you know, some people do buy new guns regularly, and they have to buy new equipment for it. But you just don't get that same turnover rate because it all starts with, you know, a $1,000-plus purchase of, you know, a good gun. Right. So...
1: Well, I will say that they did have a lot of fishing gear, like more than normal, and it was pretty cool to kind of go through all of that because Josh and I have been taking up more fishing or the idea of fishing, so you know, we tried our hand at ice fishing this year only once, but no dice
0: once I love with to ice do fishing. it
1: again, so you know what I mean it was it's great that it's trying to be the all around store. But, yeah, after the third time, it's just, like, it's all the same. Like, there's nothing new.
0: Yeah, nothing changes. And same boat.
1: Nothing changes, and, and it was just very depressing to see all those empty racks. It, <laughs> it really was. So, But that, that's my my little rant for the day. But let's get on <laughs> to the main topic, even though we've been yipping for a while. We have a topic? Uh, yeah, we have a main topic. Analysis of Josh's first IDPA type match so why don't you go and take it away there josh
3: well i know i know you've all seen the video right Uh, Uh, i don't think we posted it on the facebook page or the instagram though oh no i guess we maybe we should i don't know maybe we shouldn't i don't know post it post it (laughs) but uh thanks to benny for getting uh the video of my third stage um no no when you do see it it's not in slow motion that is my top speed (laughs) (laughs) i saw it too (laughs) So everybody knows.
2: <laughs> it was also your first
3: match, too. That is correct. Yeah. So, a little bit of uh, leniency there.
0: And he didn't drop a mag and he didn't drop a gun sign. So, he made no. it through, didn't get DQ'd. So that's all good.
3: No.
1: Yeah, you was, didn't trip nothing. No.
3: No. We'll get into that, too. <laughs> um, so, so, first off, I, I, I was like, a. <laughs> I was a huge letdown to uh, my mentor, Mike. I didn't do any dry firing, and I I really feel horrible about that. I had every good intention to do it, and Amanda was encouraging me, and I just always found an excuse not to. I was busy, or the kids needed something, or I was working, or it just didn't work out for me, and I really think it would have helped. Um, but now I feel like maybe I can drive fire with a little bit more experience behind me and I can try to recreate what I did and build on what I thought I did poorly. Yeah, cool. um, well, you, I just got to get into the routine and start small, like maybe an hour a week or something and see how that goes. But, yeah.
4: and but you, did, I mean,
3: you didn't let me down. You
2: went to your first match. That's, that's a big step, right? A lot of people, yeah. yeah. even myself, when I went to my first match, I was terrified because I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know who I was going with and I'm going
3: to show up with a loaded gun so <laughs> yeah and it's your it's not your own club and you're totally out of your element right so yeah um,
1: and he's being completely honest it was a a crapshoot of a, a couple weeks uh coming up to that event so you know as much as i encouraged him like really it would have been like 10 minutes to himself if he was able to get that to do it because normally I mean, for
3: if, something like that i'd be you know anything i do i You know, I watch hours of YouTube videos and I, you know, I really kind of throw myself into it. But I just I didn't focus on it at all, really. I just kind of all of a sudden it's here and I got to go. So I went. (laughs)
1: Life's crazy that way. But don't beat yourself up too much about it.
3: Yeah. So I guess, you know, kind of take me through my day. I was wondering about you guys. Like, so the day of the match. Do you guys have any special routines? Like, do you what do you what do you like to have for breakfast, or do you have lots of coffee, or no coffee at all, or do you do you like to do the same thing every time? So I used to be a goalie. So in case you
2: don't know, goalies are very superstitious people. Um, <laughs> I go to Tim Hortons every time and get a sausage egg breakfast sandwich combo with a Canadian maple donut with a large French vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> that is my routine.
3: So you like lots of sugar. Okay.
2: Well, yeah, but I don't – yeah, I used to drink coffee, but I kind of dialed back on that because I found if I start drinking coffee, I want more, and more coffee lead to shaky hands.
1: Okay. So where, where did that superstition – is it just um, the habit of, you know, make, eating and drinking the same thing every time you have a match? Yeah, how did you, how did you or settle on is, that? Yeah, <laughs> how, how did you come to that conclusion? Or is like – what is there some sort of – uh theory to the meal that you're eating
2: a little bit of calm a a little bit of calm B. it all
4: <laughs> okay. it all
2: started because <laughs> matches are very early in the morning and yeah. although i'm a morning person usually i don't eat when i first get up and lots of times i'm like oh no i have to leave for the match i forgot to eat breakfast so i started getting into this habit of stopping at tim hortons to get my breakfast on the way because there's a tim hortons in you know every direction Yeah. and i'm a person of habit so i started getting the same thing over and over again And where I say this started turning into a superstition is when I went down to the States to shoot a match, they don't have Tim Hortons. And it was at that moment on my way to the match that I realized I have no breakfast and I'm hungry, but I don't want to get anything because I don't know what kind of food I'm gonna get if I went to, you know, Taco Bell for breakfast, because apparently they have breakfast <laughs> oh, that's food. That's not
3: a good idea going to a match. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, but like I don't know, right? What's what's the next closest thing? And then, you know, a lot of places don't have French vanilla. They have coffees. Okay, well do I get a coffee or do I go with a hot chocolate? Anyways, it messed me up so much thinking about that that I re- <laughs> that's when I realized like this is almost like a habitual thing that I almost need to go through. And I know that I'll have the right amount of food that I'm not bloated. But I'll have enough food that I can get through, you know, most of the match before I start getting hungry. I also so know exactly just how, is... like, jacked up on sugar I'm going to be, too.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, so you need to go to the States and find a meal that you know that you can be consistent with then. Yeah. Or do you one? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You do?
2: Uh well, I kind of do. I have McDonald's. I do have okay. a rough idea of what I get from McDonald's. The problem is the last time I went, and this is once again, my fault, morning of the match, I said, okay, I'll just go to a McDonald's. There's a McDonald's on every corner. Couldn't find a McDonald's.
4: Oh, no. So
2: I ended up going to Dunkin' Donuts and I got something that looks similar to it. And yeah. I ate about three bites of it. And I told Sarah, I don't even want to finish this, but I'm hungry. <laughs> so yeah. And how'd you do in the match? You know what? I have no idea how I did in that match. <laughs> I mean, one of the top class—I was shooting classic in ICOR and what the the top classic shooter in ICOR was there, so I'm sure I got destroyed. It's just a matter of how badly I got destroyed. <laughs> yeah. So. So.
3: Yeah, I I have a routine, but I don't think it's crazy if good. other people do. So what do you what do you do in the car on your way there? Because like this was a this was about an hour and a half drive for me to get there. So I'm just you know. Kind of squirming in my seat the whole way, just trying to think about what's going to happen. Like, do you have, uh, like, do you do you listen to the same music every time to get pumped up, or what do you think about? Do you drive yeah. fire in the car while you're while you're driving.
4: <laughs>
3: I do in a way, but not completely.
2: <laughs> I don't listen to podcasts when I go to a match, and the reason is because then I'll be thinking about what they're talking about at the match. Oh so, yeah,
3: I so I you want I, in your head. Yeah, okay, so I yeah. want to
2: listen to something that's very – it's going to sound real funk way very neutral. Okay. Right? I want to get there. I don't want to be thinking Jenny- about anything. I don't want to be thinking about the podcast or the news or the weather or something else that's happening. I just want to show up pretty much. So lots of times I just listen to very neutral music. Something. Sometimes I'll listen to something to get me a little excited when I get closer. But you'll start finding that matches, lots of times you show up you get your gear on, and then you kind of stand around and wait for half an hour before the match actually starts. So no matter how jacked up you get in the car, like excited for the match, it's going to die off before you actually pull the trigger the first time.
3: That's a good point.
1: So are we talking like uh, 90s soft pop rock? Like Celine Dion and crap like that? Muzak. Muzak. (laughs) (laughs) No,
2: I... No, actually, I, I listen to a lot of bluegrass.
1: Okay, cool. So a little more upbeat well no that's good I yep.
3: like that that's cool yep. alrighty well okay so that's my hour and a half drive and I wanted to get there early enough to kind of calm my nerves and watch a few people go through their, uh, go through their rounds and I, I met up with Benny and he kind of showed me around so that was nice to have someone that I knew at least um, and he told me where to where to put my guns where to put the ammo and kind of told me what was going on so that was really good and as much as it helped me watching, I also got a bit intimidated, too, because I was watching how good some of the people were. <laughs> so it was kind of, uh, you know, maybe maybe not seeing some of that would have helped, but I don't know. Yeah. It kind it, of it went both ways.
2: Yeah, it, it's really hard to say. I okay. don't watch people now because I don't want to get into my – like, I watch people, but I try and, like, take a step back and just watch them, you know, generally. <laughs> because if I start thinking about how fast they're shooting, then I'm going to start thinking I
3: have to shoot faster. Well, that kind of brings me on to my my next point. Is like when you're deriving your stage plan, do you do you get there early and watch what other people are doing to help influence your stage plan, or do you just like to do your own thing and go in fresh?
2: I usually like to do my own thing. The only time I will ever change a stage stage plan is if someone you know surprises me and does something so different that somehow it's like that's a 10 second time saver. I have to do that, otherwise I won't win.
4: Right.
3: Yeah, right. But for the most part, when you come up with a plan, you stick to it. Well, and that's kind of what I tried to do, what I thought would be best for me. But I feel like when I stepped up and actually started shooting, it all just kind of went out of my head. And I just kind of just worried about shooting. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't think about what I was doing. And I think that was just nerves.
4: Yeah,
0: And you don't have to worry about the top shooters because you're not competing in those, those classes anyway. You no. don't be going up against those guys. As you, as you progress, you will. But you'll be shooting at people in your own class. So it's... Yeah, yeah. You don't need to feel intimidated because you're. Just...
3: I don't know how how big how important the stage plan was anyways for this match, but I think you know just little things like I I think I shot more hostages because I wasn't really worried about like the angle of attack. I was shooting through bad guys and hitting the whites, hitting the no shoots. So I think that might have been something that I should have thought about. Now I'll think about that next time. Like where, what's beyond my target, right? Yep. So. So it was was uh, was it put on by Ragnarok Tactical? It was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There was no, there's no instruction or anything, but you know, Gavin and Benny yeah. and uh, Andrew were running it. So. Yep.
2: But you know, you, like act- time. you actually were doing the right thing about not thinking about your stage plan. I believe that you should, now this didn't work out for you in this way, but you should have your stage plan memorized. And that way, when you're shooting the stage, you don't think about anything but shooting because right. your, your your stage plan is burnt into your mind already you're just going to run that on autopilot and you're shooting is what you're thinking about so in a way you are doing the right thing
3: anyways yeah yeah, yeah. just letting your muscle memory take over kind of right yeah but i don't know it, it, it was it worked out i guess um all my gear was pretty good um you know i, I don't have anything overly fancy it's just uh pretty entry level i would say and and i was able to compete with everybody there i mean it it's really it came down to shooting and and uh you know i, I just have a blade tech uh inner and outer velcro belt and blade tech pouches and i i do have 4 mags uh, my holster is pretty nice it's from red hill tactical
4: um that's fantastic holster yeah <laughs> it is
3: no i and that's that's from from thomas <laughs> so that's uh that's been nice uh and my grandpower, it ran great and i didn't have any any issues with it so that was really really nice that i didn't have any stress of malfunctions or clearing jams or anything like that there was absolutely no problems with my equipment so that was good um you just gotta uh, remember to keep you just gotta remember to keep it running
0: wet it likes to be lubricated yeah yeah i've never i've never had one of my grandpowers fail ever
3: And that was funny, though, too, like we we said about how busy my week was, and I kind of just got to that point and went and shot. I don't know when the last time I even cleaned it was. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I was pretty lucky that everything ran okay because I, I didn't get a chance to even clean it.
1: But you haven't really had a chance to shoot it. Either. I hadn't
3: been shooting much. No, that's true. No,
1: like you put in like maybe 20 rounds. Uh,
3: maybe a little bit more than that. But, you know, with the shutdowns and everything, I really hadn't been shooting it much. So that was that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, don't feel but bad, then again, man. it wouldn't be as as as, as lubed either, right? Because it would be kind of evaporating yeah. a bit. But.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah. Don't feel bad. I go long periods of
3: time without cleaning my guns. <laughs> well, especially my rim fires. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you shoot them until they malfunction, right? But that's what we don't want out of the match. So, yeah. So
2: we we clean, them, we clean them when we get lazy or when we get bored, when we have nothing else to do, and then we clean them when they
3: malfunction. Yeah. I guess thing like I get the odd stovepipe when it's dirty, but really it, it stops uh, stops locking back when it's dirty. So then I know before anything serious happens, and I know it's it needs to be cleaned. Yeah. <clears throat> That's nice uh, that you have a, a heads up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I had you know it was good that, that I had the four mags as well. I wouldn't have wanted to show up with with uh, you know two because I wouldn't be able to keep up with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good to have that. Just but with a minor, you know, I guess my point is you didn't really have to break the bank to be competitive. Just you know, entry level stuff, and you can you can do it. So, um, as far as my actual shooting goes, uh, I think when I was watching the video and just what I was thinking about when I was doing it, reloading the pistol could have been a lot faster. I think it was you know finding the magwell uh, could have saved me some time. But I think it's nice, you know, the way my gun works. I can just kind of slam it in there, and the rack or the slide closes. I don't have to rack it, so I feel like that made me a little bit smoother that part of it. But I was pretty slow getting the getting the magazines into the pistol. But at least I didn't fumble or drop anything. It was it was pretty deliberate, but I, it just wasn't fast at all. Yeah. <laughs> so Well, how. When you normally
2: shoot, do you normally reload like that or do you are you normally the kind of person who has like their magazines on the table and you shoot your 10 rounds and you kind of put your gun down and you chit chat and then you pick up your gun and you put a new mag in and do you do it like that or are you reloading from your belt that's, when you're at the range?
3: That's how I how I used to shoot, but yeah. now I pretty much will reload from my belt. Okay. Um but really only when we're doing PPC and, you know, that's important to be somewhat fast but not you know, blazingly so. <laughs> yeah, because I have found so, that
2: a lot with new shooters because they're not used to drawing from their belt. It just kind of feels weird. Mm-hmm. Also, trying to reload with urgency, right? When they're used right. to just taking their time and chit-chatting with their yeah. bud.
3: I just tried to make sure they were all facing the same way and facing forward. and But just getting the two to connect without, you know, any effort was tough. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that'll, that'll come in time. Yeah. yeah. I
1: feel yeah. like I would struggle with that because I do nothing <laughs> consistently. Ever. Like, but, but you I'd had have fun to triple though. check and make sure I have the meg the right direction first before popping <laughs> it in, right? Like, or I'd try and jam it in and realize it's backwards and I'd be like, fudge, yeah. looking around into it. But, I mean, I used to fumble a lot more, though. So, who knows? I might be able to create habits, but yeah. I, I feel like that would be really hard for me. Yeah. Really, really hard. So. Well,
3: once you get a belt, you can start
0: practicing.
1: Yeah. Once,
0: no. A lot, of, a lot of it becomes muscle memory. You, you're used to, you, you know, where your hand's going to index in the gun. You know where your magazine is. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you drop that mag, when that magazine's falling, you've already got that mag. Your other hand on that belt, and you, you can more or less see the one mag going down as the other mag
3: is going in. You just, and you get a rhythm. You just got practice. Can you get a different mag well for the Q100, Thomas? Like, can you get like a flared one? Or I don't believe so.
0: No, somebody might make them. We don't. Yeah. We don't stock anything. Uh, like
2: that. I I think that they. I think you can get them, but you have to order it out of the states. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So other stuff from watching the video and and what I was thinking about like moving from port to port like down the line. Um. I was very slow and deliberate. I didn't want to trip and look silly or do anything to get disqualified um some guys were almost leaping from port to port it was ridiculous <laughs> just like <laughs> sideways jumping It <laughs> it's like i'm not trying that <laughs> um i felt like maybe the uh, the holes uh through the through the fence were were too low i don't know i'm not overly tall but i'm i'm six one, and i just felt like i had to kind of lean and i didn't realize i was doing it but when i was shooting i was leaning backwards and i didn't even realize that i was doing that just so i could see under the port and I wonder, like, I probably should have leaned forward, for one thing, because it would have been a better stance. Um, and some of the old guys, it was funny, too. They were, they were almost touching the fence, and they had their arms bent, and their pe- the gun is just peeking through the hole. And it just looked ridiculous and terrible, but they actually shot really well. But I guess if that's how you practice, then that's yeah. good for them. But remember but I didn't really, that's like a benefit of videotaping, because I didn't realize that's what I was doing. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a great point. That is something that
2: you won't be able to find out unless you see yourself doing it, or you have someone else who's watching you who can tell you that that's
3: happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what what do you do if your if your port's too low, Mike? Because you're you're pretty tall too, aren't you?
2: Uh, I'm about six feet. Yeah. Uh, I do kind of like a (laughs) squat, I'll say, where toes pointed out, knees pointed out, and you just kind of squat down. Okay. because, Because if if I can. Cause this is a problem I've had where there's sometimes I can't squat low enough. And if I can't squat low enough, then usually I'm going down onto like a knee or something like that.
4: Right.
3: Right. Yeah.
1: In this case, probably a squat would have been appropriate. Yeah. These,
4: yeah.
3: these weren't low enough that I'd have to go on a knee, but they were just a little bit too low to stand normally at. Yeah. So remember when I
2: said, I want to build a wall for dry firing because every time I shoot through a port, it's always like, it's a little too short for me. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. See, cause they're always just a little bit too short.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm 6'2", so I know what you guys mean. (laughs) The last one I did, I got down and I couldn't get up. (laughs) Oh, Oh, geez. I got up, but I was in agony, agony. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you said Sarah uh, participates in these matches too, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So, how – because she's a shorter woman, right? Yep. So, how does she find it? What kind of um, uh, issues does she have?
2: um i don't think she'd ever really had an issue with the port being too low no um, she's to stand on a phone
3: book to shoot through
2: <laughs> she hasn't had to like i think there's been a few times where she's like she's peeking over the gun and like you can tell that she's like you know i wouldn't say struggling struggling's not the right word but she's having a little bit more difficulty shooting through the port but i don't i don't think it's like, really like that bad pardon me
1: like a slight strain.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Got so, it. Yeah. I was just curious and thought I'd bring that up for the... the uh,
2: Vertically challenged?
1: Vertically challenged. That's the word right there. Yeah, this there. is a
2: very tall pol- <laughs> podcast, isn't it? Everyone's like six yeah. feet and up.
1: Well, you I, know
0: what I've noticed, though, at stages and 11. stuff? the That is, whoever designs the actual stages for, for the ports, It's if they're really low, it's probably designed by a shorter person. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I notice when they, where they're they're perfect for me. Well, the guy designed it is like six two, six three. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I also wonder if
2: they intentionally make them all air quote this, too low for the average male height, which I think is like five foot ten or something like that. And they intentionally Correct. make it too low for them, so that the theory is everybody has to squat. The yeah, problem is that is. the taller you are, the further you have to squat to get down.
4: Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: And then getting up's an option when you get my age, so. Yeah.
2: Well, the good thing about IDPA is IDPA has a rule that says if you have to go kneeling or prone, it has to be the last position that you shoot from. So that oh, really? you're never having to get up off the clock. Whereas if it's like an I-course, they like just laugh at you and say, no, get up. Like. Boy, I like that.
0: I <laughs> can
3: lay there in pain when I'm finished.
0: Okay, yeah. just give me a
1: minute now. <laughs>
3: Well then, yeah, just other observations. I mean, I as I figured there'd be a lot of uh, different levels of shooters, and, and uh, there were some people like me, which was good. And that helped my nerves. I kind of found those people quickly, and we kind of, kind of, we kind of walked around with each other, and uh, it was it was kind of neat too the way they they ran it. When when you're done shooting, like everybody who was there watching went and patched, so it gave you a chance to kind of see how people were shooting and kind of chat with everybody. And it was good.
2: Yeah, that's, so, the, that's the way most matches are run. They yeah. are very, they are very social events, right? Which is something that yeah. I honestly didn't even completely realize how social of an event it was for me until the lockdown came and All the matches got shut down. Yeah. That, yeah. That's how I see. I have like, I have like a dozen, half a dozen friends. I I don't that are just in shooting. Right. I don't talk right. to them outside of shooting. And you realize like, Oh, shit, it's been like
3: a year since I've talked to
2: them.
4: <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and that was funny too. That kind of made me want a patch gun, there yeah. was one guy running around there. He was like bolting in front of you to patch the target Oh yeah, he to use his patch gun. And he was so excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not. <laughs> he she- was faster <laughs> with the patch gun than he was his, his pistol. So. <laughs> oh
0: jeez. <laughs> yeah. So, so this but, this one was this wasn't an IDP match. This was a Ragnarok tactical match. It was their version of IDPA, yeah. yeah. It'd be fun anyway, because they're a good group of guys. They they, make, they would make a fun time of it.
3: Yeah, it, that's what I liked about it. That's why I wanted this one to be my first one, right? Because it was serious, but not serious, right? Well, that's yeah. what I would suggest. If you're new to it and, and you just want a taste of it, going to an event like that is
0: the perfect thing to do. Yeah. Or club if your club has club-level matches, go uh, check out a few of those. Yep. Yeah. And, and, uh, if
2: and if you're always look, nervous, you can always contact people like the match director and I can tell you that all of them just want to help you out. So, yeah, not inconveniencing sure. anybody.
3: Yeah. 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 And and like you were saying, Mike, the PCCs, they were the winners, like they were the yeah. fastest. It was yeah. it was blistering. Yeah. So. Unless you're shooting like
2: IPSC <laughs> where there's also an open division where, you know, they have, you know, essentially a PC, PPP, PCC with a shorter barrel, then yeah, they're going to dominate usually. Yeah, <laughs> but with that said, I mean there's I've seen quite a few P- P- PCC guys who just bring out their stuff just for fun, kind of like I'm planning on doing it, and they don't necessarily perform that well because they they're not used to running rifles, or are used to running
3: handguns. So right, yeah, no, obviously these guys were good otherwise, but you know yeah. it just was very very noticeably faster. <laughs> so and how was the revolver division well represented? I'm assuming. Well, yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. You you would have won by default. Yeah. <laughs> There was a, there was absolutely no revolvers, but yep. uh, maybe I'll change that in the future. I don't know. We'll see. Um, well, what what
2: division do they run the the IDPA divisions then? Like the IDPA rule set for divisions?
3: I wouldn't know. I didn't check. Did anyone have a compensator <laughs> on their gun? I didn't see any compensators, but okay. there was like there was like an enhanced service pistol. So yeah. what would that just a, would that just be an optic or? Well, if they have a red dot, then it's
2: there's a carry optics division and, but there is also an enhanced service pistol division where you're allowed to put things like, uh, um, magwells on. You're allowed to use single action only guns like a 1911 style, but nine millimeter. Yeah. So, but it's not quite full on open cause you're no division in IDPA. is allowed to have comps or ported barrels sure. or yeah. Well,
3: and I, was, and I didn't see, I didn't see everything either. Like I got there about halfway through the first, uh, Squad, and then I just left after my squad, so Mm -hmm. I didn't see what everybody was doing. So yeah,
2: usually if if open to allow division, you'll you'll have one in every squad.
3: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure if you if you check
0: their website, they'll they'll might have the rules posted for the matches. It's probably very similar to IDPA rules. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm just trying to figure out if I come down there for a match, can I bring my Ithaca revolver, or do I have to bring my IDPA revolver?
0: (laughs) Bring both.
3: Yeah, one is definitely not APA legal. (laughs) Well, one other other thing I learned was definitely pay attention to the stage briefings. Um, There's more than a few guys that got points off uh, for not following the rules. This is kind of uh, Ragnarok's, uh, it's called the Film Aficionado Gun Series. So Uh every match had a different movie theme. This one was Commando. So at one uh, specific point, you had to yell out a line from the movie, and probably <laughs> half half the people forgot to do that, right? So, yeah.
1: What was the line?
3: Uh, let off some steam.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't se-
3: <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time, so I couldn't remember couldn't remember the, se- the the scene. But it was right when you killed the bad guy, the main bad guy. So oh. must be one of those you know action movie things, but yeah. <laughs> um. to have yeah, a good it was good tagline. It, and, and that's what made it fun too right like it wasn't just a match they, they had a theme to it and people were showing up with like face paint and you know just it was fun that's, that's so, good. um so, Dan, yeah go ahead no no go ahead
2: no you finish
3: oh, i just I, you know i learned that adhering to my new year's resolution of doing hard and scary things will pay off so i'm glad i did it and now that it's over i know i i know i can do it and i'll do so better when, when's the next match um, it was, there's one, uh, posted in May, uh, but I, I haven't been able to squat in it yet, so maybe it's not open, but I saw that it's on, uh, practice score. I just haven't been able to, to register yet. So when
2: are you going to come up to Ottawa and shoot a match?
3: Uh,
4: I
2: don't know.
3: I was <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll start, think I'll start sending you brochures. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Let me know what. Uh, let me know what's going on. Keep me posted, and I might might take you up on that. Yeah, well, you're always welcome up here. I can't wait to do it again. So that's good. Um, so you had a good time. Oh yeah, it was a great time. Like yeah. once it was done, it was like a huge. Huge. I, I was almost glad it was over though. Like I, I enjoyed it. It was fun, but I was glad it was over because it was a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um. But in watching the video, like, what did you guys take away? Was there anything that you noticed that I. Was really doing poorly. Like I know Benny. Benny was kind of coaching me. He, th- he thought maybe I was slapping the trigger. So I, I guess I'll look into that. But I don't really know what else to to work on except for just be faster.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember what I saw in the video now. Um, from what I remember, everything looked very good. Like especially for a very new shooter, you were very safe. You looked very confident. Um, yeah, there's. I noticed on- a
0: level. Of, I noticed a level of fear. He was scared. You're yeah. Yeah. scared. Yeah, you're you're very I, your first date I could see the, the nervousness in you.
4: Yeah.
0: Which well, is natural. Everybody's gonna be like that too, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. He just pulls himself as reserved, right? Like it's not scared, shaken, or chit chatting. He's just kinda keeps to himself and is more cautious and reserved.
0: So Well, your first match is it can be pretty nerve rattling. I remember when, when you do your black badge, you still have to shoot your first match and you can't dq you're screwed or, or you're you, you fail basically your, your first match is your final qualification and peter and i drove out there and we were so nervous i mean we both did okay but i when i first got up to the line i was really really nervous
4: mm-hmm.
0: but the guys there were great
1: yeah
0: they're just glad to see us they're glad that we came out they were new shooters they're very welcoming to us so
1: that's awesome.
0: No, I
2: thought you looked very calm. I thought it looked very good. I'm actually watching your video right now, and I'm like looking, and you're not looking down at your gun, you're not looking down at your mags when you're pulling them out. That's a very common thing you see new shooters do because they just aren't used to the location of everything. But no, it looked right. good. Yeah. Besides, like you literally said, go faster. But I mean, that's kind of an empty <laughs> thing to say, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. And that's also something that, like, this was your first match, right? Were you gonna sprint? No, because, you know, never done (laughs) it. Right. But like, as you get more confidence, you'll start learning like, oh, I'm comfortable moving and reloading or moving and shooting or just moving faster in general, knowing that I'll be safe with the gun. You were, I was going to say, you were extremely safe the entire time.
1: Yeah. Well, like our bullseye chutes, we're just at the same station the whole time, right? So you're not used to moving sideways. Yeah, and
3: PPC, you're just going up and down. You're
1: going up and down, not side to side. So, you know, of course that's going to throw you off and get some practice doing that with your dry firing. That would be probably a smart idea.
3: And, I mean, the walls, I mean, they're all temporary walls. So they have stands, like they have legs, and that's, like, right in front of you. Like, you could trip on those, right? And that's yep. what I was worried about.
2: Yeah, the yep. like the fault lines and stuff like that. Yep, fault lines are always a trip hazard. Yeah. And every club does them different. Some people use two by twos. Some people use one by threes. Some people use two by fours. Like, you'll find everything. So you, you almost have to subconsciously learn to take a big enough step to get over whatever fault line they have. But you also don't want to do this, you know, comical giant step when you first start going either.
3: Prancing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you prance, I can guarantee <laughs> you people will make comments. Yeah. And unless the theme pant. is the grinch. If they do a winter match and the theme is the grinch, ooh, then you then you could do that. Almost like a prance uh <laughs>
1: kind
0: of
2: tiptoe thing. Yep,
1: yeah, yeah. That'd be funny.
0: Just don't wear tactical
3: tights, we'll be really worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't wearing Birkenstocks, so <laughs> Well, maybe that's my problem. I was out of my, I was. I wasn't comfortable because I didn't have my same thing that I wear all the time. So. You know what? That actually is a
2: thing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I have. I have a pair of shorts that. I, well, I have three different colors of the same shorts, but I like wearing the same short and I like wearing the same pants when I go shooting a match because it just feels comfortable.
4: Yeah.
0: Belt holes line up. They sit on your waist the same. Once you change pants, you throw your. I've thrown myself right off changing clothes.
1: Yeah. I can imagine. Wow, that was very informative. Thank you, Josh. And thank you to the crew for giving your little tidbits in there.
2: So right, question. Amanda, were you able to go and watch as well?
1: Unfortunately not. I had four little childrens to take care of. So uh,
0: well, I, really all the kids. Sh-
1: I would I... have loved to have gone, but I'm glad that Josh got the opportunity to go. Wow. So I was uh, pretty excited for him and I you know, I I wish I could see other two videos or the two other two stations, but well, I'll blame Benny for that. Yeah, well, I'll blame Benny. Darn you, Benny.
2: So I assume but, that uh, I assume that Josh took you out for dinner, bought you some flowers,
3: something.
1: Um, did you make me dinner that night? I made
4: you
3: watch the video like ten times. Yeah,
1: you did. <laughs> I don't
3: think that's the direction we're going, Josh.
1: <laughs> no, he was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Just... And, I mean, we we went away the following weekend, remember?
2: Oh, there, so, you go. there you go. Yeah,
1: so it worked out all right. So
2: So does seeing him do it, does it make you want to do it anymore, or are you still kind of the same?
1: <laughs> I I want to do it, but it definitely scares me. But that's why I'm excited for Maple Seed. And, of course, I have to get my RPAL first, really, before I can start competing. So that'd be the first step, right? Yeah. So I know it's a little while away, but... It is kind of cool to see that, and I definitely want to try it and do it. I would. I remember when Josh first took me to the range. I thought I wanted to shoot handgun first, but everybody always says to shoot rifle first and then handgun. So, mm-hmm. um, and I was surprised at how accurate that was. But I really do love the idea of being able to master handguns. So
3: to master them,
1: I see. Master okay. them, yeah. <laughs> yes. She's really? not.
2: She's just not. She's not going to just compete with you, Josh. She's going to
3: whoop you. Well,
1: I would love to, but Josh is actually very good. I I find.
3: Well, you wouldn't know so. it by my scores. So. Well,
1: your score was. Well, when we went to the partisan match, you were in the top. Yeah. Like top
3: five.
1: Yeah. And...
0: I anticipate you're going to whip his at Maple Seed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: she was oh, doing
0: don't... very.
3: She was doing very well today on the with her twenty two with her Ruger. So. Were there many women at the match? Uh, none while I was there, actually, but I think there was a few, there was a few on the list, but none that I saw when I was there. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I've seen, Ipsic tends to be a little more popular with the girls. I don't know very many girls that are IDPA shooters, but I know quite a few that shoot Ipsic.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Well, it'll be worth, I wouldn't mind giving it a try anyway, but. You
0: should. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Eventually. We'll get there one step at a time, so well uh any emails guys
0: Did anybody check the emails
1: (laughs) i don't know how so you can't blame me
0: (laughs) i did my new phone i did get it on the new shooter email that is in there but i haven't checked
1: no no okay
2: i actually had a question for you thomas about last week's episode we were talking about uh, hunting turkeys and you mentioned you hunt or you can hunt them with a bow and arrow or crossbow Yes. Where do you aim an arrow at a turkey?
0: I would go through the chest. Yeah. I was
1: just gonna say you wouldn't want to yeah. hit the main part of the body there.
2: But like are the internal organs big enough that it's a good shot? Like I hear about people who you know
0: I would do an upper chest shot so you're not puncturing the stomach so you're, you go for the lungs and, and the heart area if you go for the belly then you, you do it's same as any other game animal you want to go for vital area you don't want to go for the gut
2: yeah i'm just concerned so like
0: the neck and the front of the chest is, is about your best area
2: yeah i'm just concerned that it's a dramatically smaller target than a deer is that's now sensitive to movement or more sensitive to movement and you know i still have to hit it from 20 yards away possibly with an arrow or is it also one of those situations where an arrow is so big that even if you don't get a vital, it's going to be leaking blood so fast that it's not going to make a difference?
0: Yeah, it won't make a difference, but it's it's just the gut you don't want
3: to rupture because you don't want that bile getting into the meat.
0: Yeah, I understand
2: that part.
3: So are you going to use your crossbow, Mike, or are you going to use a shotgun?
2: Well, I'm going to use a shotgun when I can, but I did see that there is bow season as well for turkey. So I thought, well, I got a bow and arrow. I got it so I could extend my deer hunting season, but I mean, if it works for turkey, why not right?
0: You want, to, you, want to, you want to hear a funny uh, crossbow turkey story? Okay. My friend J. T. bought a crossbow, dialed it in, but for some reason there was no uh, a foot stirrup on on it. He bought it from ganyons, right? So he took it back to ganyons. they installed the foot stirrup that, that wasn't put on, takes it out hunting. Well, they installed a foot stirrup backwards. So when he first hit the shot, the arrow deflected off the stirrup, went up, and he because he was doing for the upper chest shot, and he did a perfect deca- decapitation of the turkey.
4: Oh my, oh, oh my god! So he got it; he
0: cut his head right off, but only because it <laughs> deflected off the stirrup.
4: So, oh my goodness!
0: Uh, how did they install it upside down without him noticing when he loaded the the crossbow? I guess you just cock it back first, and then you put it in, so you're not really noticing the front, and he you can't really see it. Not until he took the shot did he realize that it, it deflected.
4: Oh. It's just
0: an arch. It's just an arch. Well, he put the arch the wrong way.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: But he got his bird.
2: That's, that's good for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad to hear it's a story like that, and not that he was shooting, you know, a deer and got a bad hit because of
3: it or something worse. He got. You could mount the head on a plaque.
0: Yeah. And actually, I ate some of that bird. It was awesome. It was really good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Any other questions?
3: No, sorry.
1: (laughs) No, I was just curious because I missed that episode. I know Josh got to listen to it, so that was good.
4: Yeah.
1: But uh, any shout outs?
0: (laughs) Um, Actually, shout out to my vet, Dr. Helena. She's fantastic. Colt's much better now. and I I would mention if anybody's interested in attending any of the matches that Josh was talking about if you go to the Ragnarok tactical site I'm sure Andrew has some events posted there to give you some more information and they're a good group of guys fun time
1: absolutely they are I I loved the partisan shoot even though I was nerve wracked about it it, they were really easy going and it was a lot of fun I highly recommend it
0: and one last question, Josh: Did every guy there have a beard except for you?
3: <laughs> um, no, I, I don't. I, there was a lot of beards. <laughs> <laughs> now you're making back. A oh, no. chest rigs too. I was surprised how many people had chest rigs.
0: Oh yeah, all like, the guys. And those okay. guys have plates on their chest rigs.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's
2: something that you don't normally see at IDPA or IEP matches. Right.
3: Right.
2: Yeah. But uh, we'll we'll get that that Ragnarok match uh, website and we'll post it on this uh, in the
0: description here too. So if you're looking for it, we got it for you. One qu- one last question: What did the match? What did the sign up fees for the match? Uh,
3: it was twenty bucks. Oh, that's cheap. Yeah, it was twenty bucks and about seventy rounds, so that was a very economical match for me.
0: Excellent. I'll encourage new people to go out and try it. It
3: was an hour and a half drive, but company traffic, so I don't care. <laughs>
2: Well, you're going to find if you start shooting matches, you'll start driving a lot. Um, yeah. Like, my club is 15 minutes away, but EOSC, <laughs> which is probably the next club that I go to the most, is on the other side of Ottawa, and it's like an hour and a half away. Kingston yeah. just over an hour. So, like, no one else is within an hour from me right now.
3: And, I mean, hey. I could I could totally do something like this at our club, like, I could, if if I had the time and ambition to actually, you know, build some walls and that kind of thing, I mean, it's not that hard to do, but it is kind of nice, just like you said, I think an episode or two ago, it's just so nice to just show up at a match and just shoot it and not have to worry about cleaning up or, you know, worry about registering people or taking fees. It's just nice to just to go and do it. Yeah. Yeah, Sometimes it's nice to be a guest. Yeah. -hmm. Yeah. But I, I don't know where else I could go for 20 bucks, right? Like that was a good deal.
2: Uh, well, I don't know about your area, but I know up here, IDPA matches go for twenty, twenty-five bucks. Um, yeah. Epic tends to go for thirty or forty. Um, okay. ICore, we at least at our club, we keep it at twenty-eight bucks. I think some even go down to fifteen. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of hard because how much it costs for a match doesn't always equate a better match. At least when it comes to right. you know your your club level matches. Right.
0: Yeah. No, IDPA, do they include a, a lunch in the match fee, too? Uh, for what I went to, no. Yeah. Okay.
2: Not normally. Not unless you're going to, like, a
0: major match. Yeah, I find a lot of the IPSC matches I went to, they included lunch. They charged you for it. It was, like, 30 bucks, but a lot of them included lunches. Yeah. We Well, well pre-COVID,
2: we haven't really run much since then, um, uh, we used to have, like, you could pay 2 bucks for a hot dog or a hamburger. And it's whatever it is, a buck a beer up at the clubhouse after I-Corps matches. So you could come hang out, find out what your score is, grab a burger, talk to people. It was nice.
1: That would be cool.
0: Yep. A buck a beer?
2: <clears throat> I think, I don't know what it is. Either it's a buck or two bucks a beer. I don't remember. Wow. It's, it's been so long since I've gotten a beer from the clubhouse. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Uh, Mike, did you have any shout-outs? Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Okay, I, I, am, I
2: am very happy to hear that Josh had a very good time, though, shooting his match.
0: Well, yeah, thank you. me
4: too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Josh.
3: woo um, How did you place, too... by the way? We never got to that. How did you actually place well, I... in the match? Did you? I... I don't have that in front of me. I, I did text you guys. It was on the group chat. Okay. Um, there was about uh, just over 50 people. I think like 56 people. In the overall, and I think I was, like, 50. <laughs> not bad. bad. Not bad. Yeah. But, and then I think I was 7th out of 12 for the stock service pistol. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah.
1: No, it's not bad at all. Yeah.
3: So I was, kind of, you know, just a little bit worse than middle of the pack. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. but
3: it's also yeah. your first match, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Exactly so
3: but uh yeah my my only shout outs to jeff bell for letting me turkey hunt on his farm and for helping a complete newbie get started on the right track so thank you jeff
1: Well, I'm going to give a shout out to the ladies, Wanda and Sarah, for giving me some insight on range wear and to Sarah, especially because she's hooking me up with a new range belt. I don't know if you knew that, Mike, but uh, <laughs> I, I did
2: supposed know to be that. sending
1: one in the mail for me. So <laughs>
2: I'm cool. just going to give you a warning. <laughs> if you tell Sarah something, she tells me and I same thing back. So,
1: oh, oh, well, no, that's cool. That's the way it should be. Good so. to know.
2: OK, yeah. <laughs> so if you talk but, trash to uh, trash to Sarah about me, I'm going to find out.
3: <laughs> well i guess you haven't yet but
2: yeah oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> touche, oh. Oh. but
1: uh no i really uh was excited to hear about that i'm excited to get the belt and uh, looking forward to picking their brains a little bit more so thank you ladies much appreciated
3: so, so are we doing a, a ladies uh episode next week or two weeks but Josh, I, we're
4: I, think it's kind,
3: to... I think it's kind of hard for us to do a ladies episode.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> we would maybe.
1: do it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. No, I'm going to talk to uh, Sarah, who has agreed. I'm just trying to get some notes together, and I'd like to chat with Wanda and see if she's available. And Terry, maybe you can, uh, you can uh, probe Terry to see if she wants to join us as well. That would be cool. But we'll we'll see how it all goes, right? I'll, so I'll
0: poker and see what happens. Hmm. <laughs> I'll no. I'll poker and see what happens.
1: Hmm. For sure. But I mean, no, no pressure at all. Just yeah. it'd be nice to get a little bit of ladies' insight, 100%. Yeah. So
0: which is actually a very She'd just good complain. point. And say I don't take her enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
4: <That's>
1: <laughs> what were good. you saying, Mike?
2: It's good. That's a good point. That if there's anyone out there that had any questions for the ladies that show, they should send it in. And maybe even any ladies, if they have any questions, you know, I understand you guys have different or you gals have different needs and uh, things work a little bit differently for you. So maybe there's some ladies out there that have questions for you.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, we're not all in the same mold either. Right. So there's so many different personalities out there. And I don't think we like to be all lumped into one little little group but it's good to share and get those different outlooks on things so i'm excited i'm very excited so well gentlemen i think it's time to depart for the evening so thomas why don't you lead us on out of here
0: until next week keep your barrels down range and smoking time spent at the range is time spent with family choose your caliber wisely
1: go ahead and shoot like a girl Good night, everybody. Good night. I really like
3: 22 men.
1: Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with any questions or feedback you may have, or if you just want to call shenanigans. You can contact us at host at newshootercanada.ca or through our Facebook page. The way it look I like the shiny steel and the polished wood
4: I don't care if big or small They're for sale
3: Hell, I want them all I like guns I like guns I
4: like guns